it's been said by B.B. Uh, B. Warfield um, um, that when the Bible speaks, God speaks. Um, so in light of that, uh, I would like for us to open up uh, the word to uh, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. Of, and we're going to be reading from verses 1 to, uh, cha- to verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 1 to verse 10. And um, if you have your Bible, uh, you could do that. But we also are, are going to have it on the uh, screen as well. Yep. Okay. So uh, here's the word of the Lord. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved, and raised us up, with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not as as a result of works so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, let's go to prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And uh, we ask that you open up our minds, open up, open up our hearts so that we can gladly receive your word. Um, and not only just receive it so that we can live it out and obey it. And it's by the spirit and through the son we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you turn on the TV at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. 10 o'clock with your children, 11 o'clock, you know those times, it's the news time, you know, and usually what they start off with is bad news, right, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, so the thing is this, is that like when we come to this text, we see that there's bad news, you know, and the bad news is this, that you were dead, you were dead in the trespasses and in sins, you know, and you were dead in trespasses means, trespasses are your false steps, there are transgressions, um, so you were, the idea is that like you were always continually walking the wrong way, not going the right way and stuff, you know, that, that, that's what Paul's trying to say here. And also sins, sins means that you're missing the mark. So think, think, uh, think of, a, um, a person that's like a, a, a guy that shoot, uh, a, a, a archer, right? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Shooting bow, bow, uh, like a bow and arrow and stuff, you know, and he's missing the mark. You know, the mark is supposed to be the right, the bullseye, but he's missing the mark. And so what they would say is, uh, you sin, you sin when you miss the mark. So with, with the idea is this, is that like in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2 verse 1, we see that it says you were dead in the trespasses and sins. You were constantly missing the mark. Notice the plural firm, form. It says not just one, not just one offense, but continually false steps, continually missing the mark and deliberately offending God with our thoughts, with our words, with our deeds. You know, the scriptures are replete with uh, what the wicked do. So, for example, if we go to uh, Psalm 36, verse 1, Psalm 36, verse 1, uh, it's, it speaks about what the wicked do. 
in, in, in that. So um, I'm just going to uh, re- read it real quick for us. Psalm 36, verse 1. It says that transgression speaks to the wicked deep in his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes, for he flatters himself in his own eyes that his iniquity cannot be found out and hated. The words of his mouth are trouble and deceit. He has ceased to act wisely and do good. And check this out in verse four. This is crazy. It says, he plots trouble while on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not reject evil. So it's like this, this person is a person that is even in their bed, even while they're sleeping, getting ready for the next day. They are plotting and scheming about things that they could do that are against God and whatnot. You know, this is what it means to be dead in sin. Um, so um, e- even if you look at Genesis chapter 5, G- Genesis chapter 6 verse 5, it talks about that like the it, intentions of the heart are always like, like man is always thinking about ways to be against God and, and, and all that. Um, uh, Genesis 8, 21 speaks about the fact that like after the flood, the Lord is like, yo, like man, even from his youth is thinking about ways to be against me and stuff, you know? So being dead in sin means spiritually and morally dead. Not a little spark, not a little light, but comatose, dead, flat line. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the, one, one, a, a, a really uh, thorough uh, MC uh, ambassador said, uh, the heart of man goes hard for sin and pumps it out in bunches. You know, like this is the heart of man right here. Uh, so brothers and sisters, death is the biblical uh, penalty for sin, you know, especially sin against the command of God. The penalty of death is literal, is, is literal death, but it's also physical death as well, you know, and also uh, 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 like the fact that like a person is cut off, spiritually cut off from God. Um, and it also shows that the chaos that goes on in our world today is because of the death, the sin that, that, uh, that we're in. So when Paul says that you were dead in the trespasses and your sin, this is the, the, the whole world that we're talking about here. You know, not, not, not just individual sin, but the sin of the whole world and, and, and all that. So, um, so, and you think about, uh, in Genesis chapter 2, for example, you know, when God says the day you eat of that fruit, you're going to die. It literally means dying, you will die. So like as you're living, you're dying, you know, because it points out to the fact that Adam willfully disobeyed God's command. Um, so how is this so? And, and, and we, we get, like, like I just said, we get to the fact that like Adam disobeyed God in the garden, right? Adam was our federal head. And what I mean by federal head is that like he represented us. Okay, so like just like we we uh, we live in the federal gov- government, we uh, elect our officials; they represent us and all that. So Adam in the garden, God elected him to be our our chosen representative, you know. And um, so, for example, when you look in uh, Romans five twelve, it says, "For death came through one man, because of that one man's sin, and death spread to all because all sin." Now, what is showing is the fact that like because of the one sin that Adam did. Death spread to all. So, for example, it's like we have all, all, all these electronics plugged up. But say if Dre was just feeling himself right now and just wanted to go over there and unplug everything, all of it will be off. And that's exactly what happened uh, to, to Adam. When Adam sinned against the, uh, the, the, the command, the will of God, he was cut off. His posterity was cut off. Everything after him was cut off. Everything was born in death after that. So it's dead, dead people walking, dead people living at, uh, at that point. Um, and also, if you think about 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verse 21 and 22, it says, for by man came death, 
you know, but also by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam, all die. Even so in Christ, all be made alive. But the point is this, is that like by the one man, he represented us, you know, and by that one man, death came to all and death spread to all. So that's why Paul is here saying, and you were dead, right? In the trespasses and sins, you know? Um, and so some people say like, yo, that's not fair. I wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? But the point is this, is that like Adam represented us, you know, and he was a bad representative, you know? <laughs> so when Adam fell, so again, his whole posterity, that's us. We are dead in sin. Being dead does not mean, you know, just a little, just, uh, like a little bit, just a little alive. No, like actually like dead, dead in sin, you know, and all we do is sin. So even the good that a person does is sin. It's not pleasing to God at all, you know? Um, and the Bible talks about this, no, no righteous, no, not one. You know, uh, and, and so that, that that's that's the idea. So even the good that a human does, so 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 you think about all all, all the things that 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 humanity could do, all the good things that humanity uh, does, raise money for the poor, do all do all this, do all that, send envoys everywhere and stuff. You know, but it doesn't please God because it's not in God. Those are dead works. Those works don't get you right with God at all. You know, so um so outside of God, like it's sin. That's what sin is. So you are walking, constantly walking, constantly in your trespasses and sins. Even doing good, they are sinful. They, they, like, they're, 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 there's not one ounce of uh, goodness in our good works at all, you know, because they are, they are separated from God, you know. Um, so, and this is the whole idea of total depravity or, or what we call radical corruption right here. And so um, this points out all of our humanity is fallen. That is, there's no part of me no part of me that has not been affected by the fall. No part of me at all. Because of Adam, sin affects the Ephesians that he's writing to, affects Paul, and it affects each and every one of you, uh, all, all of us. You know, every single last person in this world, it affects us. It affects our wills, our minds, our hearts, and emotions. You know, that's what sin does. Uh, in other words, we are in bondage to sin. We are in slavery to sin. All we can do is sin, you know. Even with, like, 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 like the passage points out that a person is sitting in bed just thinking about, man, what can I do to sin? You know what I'm saying? You know, um, so this also stresses the fact that sin reaches to the core of our being, you know, the core of our being. Sin is not a peripheral thing or like just a little smear, you know, just like I got a little dirt. No, no, like it's, it's the whole core of a person that, 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 uh, that sin um, uh, destroys. Uh, so, but we don't want, I don't want to get this confused with utter depravity though. So total depravity isn't utter depravity, right? Cause utter depravity means that like that you are as sinful as can be, you know, but with total depravity, no, what total depravity says is this, is that like, while people still commit, pe people still do good things. People are as sinful as they really could be and all that. So that, that, that's exactly what it's pointing to here. So again, uh, if, 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 you, if you have time throughout the day, throughout the week, go, go through Romans uh, 3, verses 9 to 18. And, I mean, it is replete about what the scriptures say. No, no, not one. You know what I'm saying? No, not one is righteous. They are all wicked. They all have gone their own way. You know, like they are against God's will. You know, um, and Paul, Paul's killing it right there in Romans 3 because he shows it like, look, that each and every person is shut up under the scriptures and whatnot, Jew and Gentile together, you know, and it shows that like we are all under this curse. This is bad news, y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, uh, and now we go to verse 2, right? In which, verse 2, in which you once walked following, following the course, right? Following the course 
of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So in verse 2, it says, in which. So it's pointing back to the sins and, tr- and, tr- and trespasses that we, that we were living in, that we were dead in, actually. You know, and, and so it's pointing back to that, and it's saying that we walked in those. Brothers and sisters, sinful man is walking this way, walking, <laughs> so think about the song, walk this way, talk this way, and all that, you know what I'm saying, the course, so again, the idea, if we look at verse 2, it says the course of this world, literally means the age of this world, the age of this world, and it points to the rebellious standards of our time, the Ephesians time, whatever, and it's also pointing to the fallen humanity from Adam all the way up to us, until Lord willing, he comes back and smashes all of sin, you know, um, and he already did that on, on, on the cross, but you know, there's going to be a day where he's going to come and we're going to be saved from the complete presence of sin, you know, I'm looking forward to that day, um, so see, the world has a way that is against its creator, you know, like, th- think, think about that. I mean, like, like it's, it's all over the news, all over, like, all over TV. Once you step out your house, the world just has a way against its creator. You know, this is what it means for the world to go in its course. We were following our course, following the course of the world. And then it goes on to say that, um, that, the, that we were following the prince of the power of the air, right? So the prince of the power of the air or the ruler, the power of the air. So um, it's this word uh, exousia, and it means domain uh, realm or authority, right? So, so the devil has reign over this earth, authority over this earth. But let me let you know that it is a limited reign, okay? Because if you if, if if you look at Job chapter one, if you look at uh, uh, like other passages like like that, it's, it speaks of the fact that like, see, in order for the devil to even tempt you, he has to go get permission from the Lord. You know what I'm saying? So like, he is tempted. He is on a tight leash, and even a tighter leash after the cross and whatnot. You know. Um, so, but the thing, the, the thing is this, is that like, not only did we follow the course of our, uh, of the world, not only are we dead in our sins, but the prince of the power of the air, you know, uh, is in control, you know? Um, and the only way that he's in control is that he tempts you to sin. He doesn't, he doesn't, um, uh, make you sin. He tempts you to sin. Um, the thought of the day was that there were demons, and so, and what I mean by this is that, like, during the f- time of the Ephesians in uh, the first century, is that, like, the thought of the day was that there were demons and gods and lost spirits and souls that lived in between uh, the moon and the earth and whatnot, you know, so, like, when, when it's talking about the air, you know, that, 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 that was the thought process back, uh, back then. The powers were thought to send people dreams and visions uh, they ne- so the people needed to placate or woo uh, th- th- those those gods, right? And um, uh, and to they they did things in order to get purification. They did uh, incant uh, uh, d- like divination and all that. Uh, they were also um, in, in, into magical spells and things like that because they were afraid of these so-called things that were in between, you know, the moon and the earth and all that, you know. But w- but what's re- really cool is that when you look at um, uh, chapter one of verse twenty-one. Uh, in Ephesians, and uh, Pastor Jeff went, went over this last week. It was, it was re- re- really, really uh, cool because, like, what it says is that, like, uh, that Jesus is far above all of that, far above all those rules, um, and he has authority over all, every single last one, one of those things, and, um, and the names that are named, and that's very important, the names that are named. So, like, any kind of name that's named, so the name of, uh, so pe- pe- people will be like, oh, the name of uh, uh, Ishtar, oh, the name of uh, whatever, you know, they would be doing all these kind of things to get favor with, with, uh, with, with, with the gods and everything, and they were afraid because uh, if I don't do this, then, um, you know, the God is going to come, come down on me, 
And so what Paul is saying is that like, that like yeah, you were walking in that way. The, um, the devil also had you thinking in that kind of way, you know, but you are seated with, with, with Christ, and, and, and we'll get to that later. So the, the prince of the power of the air is also the spirit that is work in the sons of disobedience. We see it right here uh, is, uh, in um, verse 2. It said, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. The devil not only rules the air, but also um, he impinges on humans. Think about it. He impinges on, on just, just, just the way pe- people live. Um, uh, also, he has his spiritual for- there's, there's a spiritual force that, that is just around people that uh, just, just keep them away from the gospel. Now, if you're familiar with uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 2.13, it talks about this. It says that, like, that there's a spirit that is at work in the natural man, you know, that, 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 uh, that has him not being able to hear the gospel. Um, also, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, um, this is very, very important um, as far as our conversation. It says, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, right? So this, so th- th- so this is exactly what's going on. Not only are our sins keeping us away from God, but the God of this world, the devil, is blinding them from, from keeping, them, keep, keeping them away from the gospel, trying to, try, trying to uh, uh, hinder them from believing in the gospel and stuff, you know? Um, uh, so, so, so this is what's going on. So, uh, um, so Paul is talking about the Ephesians, right? But then when we look at verse 3, this is amazing right here. He says, among whom we all once lived. So now Paul is, um, um, Paul is in a sense, including himself in this, you know? He's including himself in this. He's including every single last human being. And like I said in Romans 3, like, he, uh, he does that. So he's saying that, like, look, like, not only were you Gentiles living this way, but we were living this way too. And if you're familiar with the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, if you look from Genesis all the way to Second uh, Kings, you see that it's a sliding scale to Babylon, basically. You know, they are going to exile. You know, it is a story of sin a story of disobedience over and over again, the vicious cycle of sin over and over again. So like Paul is like, yo, like we were all like this. Paul can say this because in Second Timothy, he says that he was the chief of sinners. You know, um, he was hunting, he, like he was hunting Christians in, 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 uh, in Acts chapter nine, he was hunting Christians. So he's like, we all live this way, you know? Um, and so Again, it says, among whom we all once lived, and the live points out to the fact that, like, this, this is the way they walked. This is the way they lived, and it goes back again to verse, uh, verses 1. So, brothers and sisters, this is crazy because this has affected every Christian without exception, you know. Um, it is not just the Ephesians. This is all of us, you know, that, that, uh, that sin has, has, has uh, affected. Um, so, this, like, this is our plight, you know. It sounds like I'm spending a lot of time on the bad news because it's real bad news, you know what I'm saying? Uh, this is our plight. Um, so that all believers, no matter who they are, once shared with the rest of the unbelieving world, you know? So, that, so that's why Paul could say, among who we once lived in our passions, so like our passions were, were, uh, were controlled by sin, our desires were controlled by sin, you know, um, and our body was controlled by sin. You know, think, 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 of, think of 1 John chapter 2, it says that this is, the, this is the thing, like the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. These are the things that are in the world. These are the things that control us, you know. Um, this, th- these are the things that control unbelieving humanity too. So when you go out in the street, a person is just doing what they're doing because they're being controlled by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. 
every day. This is their guide, you know, and then the devil is using that too against them, you know. So not only are they stuck in sin and bondage in sin, but they have a force that is cool with them going in that kind of way, you know. Um, uh, Paul says that this is bad news and it's bad news uh, uh, being dead in sin. Uh, and this covers the entire person, the mind and flesh, thoughts and deeds. You know, see, before, before Paul and the Ephesians believed the gospel, this is how they lived. They lived by their cravings, you know, by, by whatever they wanted. They just went after and stuff, you know. Um, um, they went by, by, by the desires of the flesh, whatever they thought of and stuff, you know. Uh, the, and, and so, like, what, what, whatever they went after, that, that, that's what they wanted to do. See, uh, in, 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 the, in the town of Ephesus, they, they had the uh, great god uh, um, Di- Diana that, that, that was there. And basically, it was a fertility god where you could go and do whatever you wanted to do with any of the uh, c- uh, uh, cult, uh, prostitutes and everything like that because whatever you did was going to help you out later and stuff. That was the thought and everything. You know, like we have to stay stuck in this course, you know, in order to please the gods and, and, and everything, you know. Um, so, and these are evil deeds, evil thoughts that are in rebellion against God, you know? Um, so not only they back in the first century, but we, before we believed in the gospel, this was our way of life, you know, and it's real bad news. Um, and this runs, runs uh, counter to, to, um, to God's will. Now, what's, what's very interesting is that when we think about thoughts, we also perform the desires of our thoughts. So whatever we thought, we were just doing, you know. Um, and so this describes the result of mental processes, you know. Um, it also describes whatever we reflect on, whatever we think about and, and, and everything. And our mental decisions, whatever uh, ideas and, 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 and thoughts that we want to do, we're going in that kind of way, you know. Our, so, 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 so we talk about free will, even our will is in bondage to sin, you know? So there's two, there's, there's two parts of, 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 our, of our will. You have the uh, natural ability of, of, of our will, and you also have the moral ability, you know? So we can all choose what, what, what we're going to do. We all chose to put shirts on, right? We all chose to put pants on today, you know? We weren't coming outside, you know, whatever and all that, you know? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, we, we all chose to do certain things. Jeff chooses to go to Starbucks, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't choose to go to um, uh, Dunkin' Donuts because he don't want that, you know what I'm saying? You know, we all can choose, you know? <laughs> um, but see, the problem is that we can't choose morally, though. You know, we can't choose anything that pleases God, you know? So, like, even our free will is in bondage, right? This is, like, like this is the thing right here. So, so Romans 8. This is very important. I'm, I'm building something here. I'm sorry. I'm building something here. Well, am I good on time? You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm building something. So um, uh, Romans 8, Romans 8, verse 5. Okay, Romans 8, verse 5. It says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. Verse 6, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the on the spirit is life and peace. And this is, this is important right here. Uh, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile towards God. You know, hostile. Like the mind that's on the flesh is hostile towards God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God at all. So we're talking about all kinds of deeds, thoughts, whatever. 
you know, and when I'm talking about flesh, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the, the idea that like a Christian can be in their flesh. No, a Christian can't be in their flesh. What I'm talking about is a person that is un, an unbeliever, an unregenerate person. You know, they are constantly in the flesh, thinking about the flesh. And it doesn't please God at all. You can't please him at all like that, you know. So, um, and this, this, this idea of our thought process is what we call the noetic effects of the consequences of the fall. You know, the noetic effects. So this is a quote from uh, Albert Moeller. I'm throwing out quotes, all right? (laughs) Um, Humanity is involved in a massive universal conspiracy to suppress the truth and unrighteousness, right? The fall has affected our ability to know, our thinking processes, our intellectual processes, uh, perception ability, our rational capacity, our cognitive ability. The mind is horribly affected, corrupted, and compromised by the fall, right? Uh, it, is comp- it, it, it is corrupted to the extent that even though they continue to operate in a way that allows us to, we lie to ourselves and to each other, and we believe those lies as well. He goes on to say, our thinking um, and our reasons reasonings are opposed to God. Our intellectual uh, uh, is, our intellect is fallen. Our reason is fallen. Uh, it's not obliterated though. It's corrupted, but not obliterated. You know, human reason is not gone, but it is corrupted, you know, and, and, and so this is exactly what Paul is talking about here in Ephesians 2. This is exactly what he's talking about in Romans 8, and, and, and so when he says that, like, and the mind, like, we followed what we just wanted to do, and it was horribly corrupted. You know, there's things, so, so for example, uh, we, the, there's 14 things that show up in this novetic effect of the fall. There's ignorance, distractedness. We're easily distracted. You know, I got six or seven boys that I, you know, <laughs> that I take care of, and they easily distracted, you know. Uh, forgetfulness, you know. Uh, I asked one of them, what did you do? Why'd you do it? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> easy to forget. Forgetfulness and all that, you know. Um, there's prejudice. Uh, uh, faulty perspective, intellectual fatigue, you know, um, like for example, I used to take a, a four hour class, you know, and after a four hour class, you have intellectual fatigue, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, intellectual fatigue, inconsistency, you know, uh, failure to draw right conclusions, uh, intellectual apathy, I don't care, you know what I'm saying? I don't care no more. Uh, dogmatic and closed minded ideas, you know, uh, intellectual pride, you know, I go to this school, I don't go to that school. Um, vain imagination. Uh, miscommunication and partial knowledge. These are the effects of the fall on the mind, you know. So the effect, so so the fall just just doesn't, um, you know, like like separate us a little bit. Like we are separated all the way through and through to the core, you know what I'm saying? Like all of us is dead. The whole thing, the whole humanity is dead, dead in sin. So all uh, humankind has chosen willfully and thoughtfully to live among the sons of disobedience. We all willfully Went, went after that, you know, and uh, to act on our rebellious cravings and desires and thoughts. So you got to think of what uh, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5. He says, so you know where all these uh, evil thoughts, evil deeds, and, and, and everything comes from? They don't come from outside forces. They come from within, from the heart, you know, and that's exactly what uh, Paul says in Galatians 5, you know, that the manifestations of the flesh. He doesn't say, uh, well, um, these are things outside of you that are causing you to do it. I got a good friend, right? Um, he uh, was getting in trouble. His mom caught him. 
you know, and his dad was in the corner just chilling and everything, you know. And so his mom caught him doing a bad thing. And so she was like, son, why'd you do it? And his, first, and his response was, the devil made me do it. I never seen this man get up so fast. The, the, the dad got up so fast. He's like, boy, the devil ain't make you do it. So he chased him around the whole house and whatnot. <laughs> you know, and so it's easy to blame it on the devil. I heard a pastor say, you know, when we get to heaven, we're going to have to apologize to the devil for a lot of things that we uh, uh, um, uh, blamed on him. Because you got to understand, these are outside forces that make us do these things. You know what I'm saying? These are things that come, out, come outside of us. Lust, envy, pride, all that. It comes out, of, comes out from our hearts. You know, um, and it's because of these things, brothers and sisters, that our minds need to be renewed. Think about uh, Romans 12, you know, the renewing of your mind. Later we'll get in uh, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4 verse 22. Um, it says uh, to put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. So this is why this is important that like our minds need to be renewed. You know what I'm saying? Our minds are horribly affected by the fall. You know, um, think about it, our nature, right? So, so now, now, now uh, it says, um, we went after the passions of our mind and were by nature children of wrath. By nature. You know, I used to take a psychology course. They were like, is it nature or nurture? You know what I'm saying? You know, my thing is like, well, if the nature is off, then the nurture is off. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's all horribly messed up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when we go to uh, uh, Psalm 51, uh, verse 5, it says that David was born in iniquity, born in sin, shaped in iniquity. This is from birth, y'all. Not, not, so, so now we're not just talking about adult uh, sinning. Now we're not just talking about youth sinning. We're talking about even from birth, fallen. Um, so th- this is our nature. This is the Ephesians. This is Paul. This is us. This is up in our face. This bad news is up in our face. Um, we are culpable of our sinful cravings, desires, and thoughts. We have chosen this path, this path inevitably, uh, in agreement with the state into which uh, they th- that we are born. We like like so so so. The thing is, this is that like we're born this way, and we're staying in this path. This is the way we're going to go. You know what I'm saying? And even the good that we do is still not pleasing to the Lord at all. You know. Um, so again, you think about Romans five. Romans 8 verse 5. This is why we are children of wrath. So the point that we're children of wrath, uh, we along with, with, with the Ephesians and, and Paul were destined to this eschatological outpouring of what's going to happen later on. And what I mean by eschatological, I just mean it like in the future. You know what I'm saying? That like God one day is going to pour out his wrath on the whole world. In Revelation 6 and 7, especially Revelation 6, you got people, like, running. They're like, yo, where, where, where's, where's the biggest rock that I could go to? I'm trying to hide from the wrath of the one sitting on the throne. And check this out, the wrath of the lamb, too. You know what I'm saying? The wrath of the son, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? He's not meek and mild at this point. He's like, yo, I'm pouring out my wrath on you. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, we were all headed this way, children of wrath. You know, that, that, that's exactly what this talks about here, children of wrath. We were going that way, you know. So... This is the bad news, y'all. You know what I'm saying? This is the bad news. It's horrible. There's a rapper named Mike Real. <laughs> and was getting on me today. <laughs> There's a rapper named Mike Real. Uh, he says, this is a misconception. I think we're lost about man's direction. Some say we're sick and we need a doctor. But what we really need is a resurrection. That's what we need. Right? That's what we need. Resurrection. We don't need just a little... Self-help here and there. Our core, from the core, from the inside, we need a resurrection. Right? 
So Adam, Adam represented us, and he was a bad representative, right? He was our federal head. He represented us badly. He fell by disobeying God's direct command. Don't eat from there. You know? And this led all of humanity into what we see now. Just turn your TV on. Just step outside. You know? Even the good that a person does, even the good that a person does is still not pleasing to the Lord. You know? Even the good. Uh, um, when we look at God being fair and just, right? So... I, ha- um, I have a chart, um, but before we, before we get to the chart, so um, if we're talking about good news, what, actually, ho- ho- hold off on the chart, okay? Uh, um, ho- ho- hold off on, on, on the um, next, next slide right uh, here. Because when we talk about, uh, when we talk about justice, right, um, there, there's an idea. Um, can, yeah, can, 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 you, can you put that up real, real quick? Um, so, yeah, justice, okay? So we're talking about in light of what happens with Adam, Right. And the rest of humanity, sinful humanity, you know, the right thing to do, the, the, the thing to do that um, if you go against God's direct command, he says it right in Genesis two, like dying, you, you're going to die the day you eat of it. And in Romans five, 12, one by one man, sin came to the whole world and death spread to all because all sin. So justice demands that something happens. Right. You know. And so justice is judgment, judgment on the person that does it, right? But now we get to hear uh, in, in um, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 2 verse 4, it says, but God, right, being rich in mercy. So when we see rich in mercy, mercy is an issue of non-justice. So, 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 like, so God can choose to, I'm going to just scrap it all, get rid of all humanity, or I'm going to save some. And so, the, the, so he chooses in mercy to save some, you know. So mercy is a good non-justice. Right? Like he's given, he's given us something we don't deserve. It's, it's mercy. It's his kindness. You know what I'm saying? Or he could be unjust, and that would be bad. He could be like, oh, well, throw my hands up. You know, I'll go to Mars or something like that. <laughs> you know, but, um, but no, he, he, like, like he, he, he doesn't do that. You know what I'm saying? He, he, like, he chooses to show. Um, so uh, if, if, if we go to the slide before that, um, uh, AJ, thank you. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, so so, 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 um, so we, we, like, we see that, like, mercy is a good non-justice, right? And uh and he chooses to do those, he chooses to do that on those he chose in Christ before the foundation of the world. And that goes exactly back to uh, uh, chapter one, where uh, he says that like in, so he says uh, that in Christ, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless, you know? So, so this is amazing right here. We look at verse four, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, you know, then he did all this, but like, look, the but God point, right? This is hilarious. This, this is amazing because, not, not hilarious, but like, it's amazing because like, if you go to a black church, right? Like people be going all over the place, but God, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 like, like, like it's the point, like, but God did something, you know what I'm saying? In light of all this despair, all this whatever, but God did something about it, you know what I'm saying? You know, so now we get to the good news, right? You know, and what did he do, right? He says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive. So instead of, you know, instead of 
given us what we deserved, he made us alive, you know? And, that, and, and, and he didn't just make us alive just for living's sake. He made us alive with Christ, you know? Um, so what's amazing about that is that, like, we were headed in the direction of wrath, the sliding scale into wrath, but yet he steps in and does something about it, you know? Um, uh, sin, signal was cro- sin, sin, sin signal was strong, but thank God he crossed it. You know, um, that's exactly what he did. So um, because of, so when, when we look at this idea of him being rich in mercy uh, and rich in love, you know, this, this, this goes back to uh, Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse, verse 7. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, right? You know what I'm saying? So now we're talking about the, the, the plush life of mercy and grace. You know what I'm saying? Like he lavished it on us. You know, it's like going to a, like one of your favorite buffets and everything. It's like, yo, like here's the spread. Mercy and grace, it's all over you and everything. You know, like, you know, he lavished it on us. You know, like, like and he did it, right? Oh, this is amazing. He did it when? Even when we were dead. He didn't do it when we was a little bit alive or just kind of filling out, seeking him or whatever. No, we weren't even seeking him. You know what I'm saying? Didn't have no, 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 no care for him. He did it while we were still dead in our sins. In Romans 5, it says that like at the right time, God, Jesus died for the ungodly. You know, scarcely a person would die for a righteous man. You know what I'm saying? But like he died that while he died while we were his enemies, you know, that, that, that's, that's, that, that's amazing, and that's amazing grace right there. You know what I'm saying? He saved a wretch like me and you, <laughs> you know? Like, like, he, like, like God, God didn't just save, like, a, 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 like, you know, someone who was just a little bit bad. Like, we were dead, and he saved us and all that, you know? Um, and so Paul goes back to the bleakness and bad news of our plight and compares it with the lavishness of God's mercy and love, um, and he makes a juxtaposition with, with, with uh, our deadness. And stuff. So he shows it like, you know, that, you know, you have mercy and love. And he did it while we were dead. And so there's three things that happens to us because, because of that, you know. Three things that happens to us because of that. So he, uh, we, 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 we look at verse 5. It says, he made us alive together with Christ. So, that, so, so that's one, made us alive together with Christ. Um, and in the result of that, when he made us alive, two things happen out of being made alive. He raises us up with him, and then he seats us with him. So that's what it means to be alive in Christ. And uh, so he, like, he did that for us. I want to uh, bring, bring this to your attention. Um, look at uh, verses 4. It says, uh, but God, right? Um, and then it says, uh, because of the great love with which he loved us, okay? So if you like circling things in your Bible or underlining them, you can circle God, circle he, okay, uh, made us alive together with Christ. Uh, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he, circle he, um, uh, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us. So like there's about six references to to uh to uh god doing what he did uh w- with us and all and all that you know and this and this is the idea of of 
of monergism, meaning that like it was God doing the work, okay? That like we didn't do the work at all. There was no work that we did at all. So God gave us a gift, and that gift is the gift of salvation. And what's in that gift of salvation is grace and faith. So he makes us alive, right? So when you think about uh, John chapter 3, it says, unless uh, a man is born again, he can't even come into the kingdom. So God actually has to again, make us alive, wake us up, and, and, and all that, you know. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm moving on and, and, and everything. Uh, so we go down to uh, verse, verse 8. It says, for by grace you have been saved, because uh, he, he, he reiterates that in verse 6. But he says it in verse 6, but, but he explains it in verse 8. He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Um, and, and the idea is that like when, when, a, when a king came into a land, he would give out, uh, you know, there, there was ben, like a benevolence kind of thing. He was like, you know, I'm coming into the land, so therefore I'm going to give you all this. So think about Norristown. If Norristown had a mayor, then the mayor of Norristown would be like, okay, I'm going to let you all um, uh, uh, um, like not pay taxes for a week, this and that, as long as you're good to me and everything, you know. And so basically like that, 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 that was in the mind of the first century thinker. They're like, okay, well, if this person's giving me grace, then I have to be loyal this kind of way. But that's not what's happening here at all. What's happening here is that, like, by grace you have been saved through faith, it means that, like, there was nothing that you can do to earn this grace or faith. And that's exactly what he says in verse 9. He says, see, it's not a result of your works at all, you know, so that no one may boast. So God saved us, brought us alive, made us alive so that we can receive uh, him, you know, um, and so that we can have faith and grace. So grace is extended to us and we can have faith. See, even our faith is a gift. You know, it's, 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 not, it's not a work. So he made us alive so that, so that now our faith is actual real faith. Like we're, we're alive to the things of God now, you know. So beforehand we, 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 we were dead. We didn't even have faith, but now we do. And so that, 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 that's, that's the point that he's trying to make. And uh, so just real quick, verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus uh, for good works. And this word workmanship is very interesting. This word workmanship in the Greek is poema. Um, and and, and um, uh, what's, what's, what's banging about it is that like poema has the idea um, in English, we get the word poem, you know, or artistry or a work of art, you know. So what God is saying here is that like, you all are my work of art. You know what I'm saying? The Ephesians are my work of art. They're my brand new creation. This word is also used in Romans 1 where it talks about the creation of the world. So the creation of the world was one thing, but God is making a new creation in us. So you think about what, 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 he, what he says uh, in, in uh, um, 2 Corinthians 5, like you are a new creation created in Christ Jesus. You know, we have dual citizenship. We are citizens here, but we're also citizens in heaven. So we're positionally seated with him we already justified, sanctified, glorified, but we're waiting for it to be realized, the already and not yet, you know. So um, we have, we, I don't know if you all realize uh, as, as, as the uh, band comes up, um, I don't know if you all realize that like we, we have a painting uh, in, in the back, right? Um, and this painting uh, is uh, jars of clay and there's red lining around it, you know, and this is to represent the fact that um, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You know, we're not saved by these works, 
but we're saved for these works. And what's interesting is that verse 10 functions as like a hinge in, 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 in this, in this uh, chapter because what happens is it looks, it looks back to chapter 1 where it says that God chose us before the foundation of the world. But then it also looks forward to uh, chapter 4 to, four to 6 where like these, these are the good works that you are to do. You are to be good husbands to your wives. You are to be respectful children. You are to be uh, good, good, good workers and all that. You know what I'm saying? So like this is the springboard into what we're going to do and, and everything. So God makes new individuals, but he also makes a new humanity. And that's what the church is, a new humanity. I know I'm going on and everything. <laughs> but uh, we're, so speaking of a new humanity and speaking of what God, God did, we're, we're, we're going to get into um, communion. And communion is a time to celebrate what the Lord did on our behalf and everything, but it also is to give thanks. Think about the word Eucharist. It's to give thanks to what God did, you know. So sometimes pe- pe- people uh, uh, ask for forgiveness, but it's also a time for thank you, Lord, for what you've done. You've given me new life. And so this is a celebration of new life. Um, I just want to close in prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you so much just for your word.